Thank you for leading us in worship, Buddy and Mary Beth. Uh, we're going to get to hear from them uh, in, in the midst of this time together again. So uh, to share, um, love that song Mitchell read a while ago, 103, and that interesting phrase that he, David, makes. Bless the Lord, O my soul. What in the world does that mean, bless the Lord? Well, John Piper says that it's really David calling his soul out to declare and to just really yearn his soul to speak well of God, to speak well of his greatness and his goodness. And that's, that's what he's doing in finding strength to posture himself before the Lord you know, those weren't just words that David wrote for the psalm. Those were words he lived. He, um, he lived those throughout his life. And uh, in 1 Samuel 30, there's this story tucked away where David and uh, his men, before he's king, in this transition of, of um prior to, to becoming king and Saul still king of Israel. He and his 600 men are based in a place called Ziglag. And uh, they've been out doing some campaign and then they return back to Ziglag. And what they discover is that the Amalekites have come and have completely taken everything from them. Their possessions, their families, they have not killed anyone, but they have completely devastated the place of Ziglag. And there is no one there. When they return, this group of soldiers that had never lost a battle come back to utter devastation. And so they are obviously distraught. In fact, in one place it says they wore themselves out in weeping. And they, they even became angry toward David, their leader. And it's so interesting that in the midst, they needed David more, but they wanted to, to actually stone him and to kill him. And we read in verse 6 where it says, And David was greatly distressed, for the people spoke of stoning him, because all the people were bitter in soul, each for his sons and daughters. But David strengthened himself in the Lord, his God. Well, that's what we're going to talk about today is how we strengthen ourselves. And we're really going to invite you to be a part of the conversation. So I want you to get to know everybody that's here in the room and in this circle as we have this conversation and invite you to be a part of it. So again, Buddy, Mary Beth, Y'all just start off and introduce yourselves a little more. We see you worshiping, leading us, right. but tell us a little bit about you. Yeah, so I'm Buddy Ryan. Um, uh, we've been uh, members here at ICC for about five years now, and uh, I work uh, at a TV station, program director at a TV station. Okay. Um, I'm Mary Beth. Um, yeah, I'm a mom. I'm a grandmother. I am in marketing um, at a aftermarket's um, auto parts um, manufacturer here in town. Wow, sounds like a very busy life, individually and together. 
I'm Ashley. I get to serve here at ICC as the family ministry director, which is really fun to get to love on all of our families and kids. And so I um, have been doing this almost three years. It'll be three years in August that I've been here at ICC, and it's so fun. Ashley does such a great job leading our family ministry. And hey, I'm Mitchell, if I don't know you. Uh, I'm our student director here at ICC. I've been in my role for like almost a year now. And so uh, I'm really happy to be here this morning with this group. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, it's a real privilege to serve with, with Mitchell. He keeps me young. <laughs> <laughs> we really do want this to be a conversation together, but we want you to be engaged with us. We don't want you just kind of passively watching us. I, I get uh, Paula and I, my wife, get a got tickled a couple of times, you know, Barrett in his effort to engage us. And we've been sitting at home watching. We'll look at us every now and then and say, I, I see you, <laughs> you know. And now, if you know my Paula, she's a very active worshiper. And uh, when he asks a question from the uh, platform, she'll answer, I mean, out <laughs> loud. And she's very, very uh, vocal about that and loves it. And I, I love worshiping with her. So we're at home and he's saying, I see you. And Paula's going, no, you don't. <laughs> so, you know, we want you to be engaged like that. And uh, Paula, I see you. <laughs> but uh, I, uh, I want you all to, to really participate. Talk out loud while we're talking. Uh, say something in the chat. So we're, we're just going to talk, but we want you to be a part of that. You know, um, back in this verse, it says that when David... Um, and them came back, and then they were so distressed. It says, David was greatly distressed. And, a, and another translation will have it as he was in a hard or difficult position. So I think let's just start our conversation today about how we need to strengthen ourselves in the Lord. We're talking about recognizing our need for uh, him. And where we do need to be strengthened. And <clears throat> let's just be transparent this morning. Where, where has it been a hard place for you? Buddy, Mary Beth, what's, what's been a hard place for you yeah. during this season? Well, I think um, personally, uh, along with everybody else, like during this particular time, um, during COVID and everything, being away from family, friends, being away from family and friends, um, that's been particularly difficult for everyone. Um, but specifically, like, my mother lives across town. She's by herself and lives across town. Well, she's not by herself. Excuse me. She has a dog named Molly, which... Oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> great dog and comforts her very much. But, like, as this gets longer and longer um, during this time, I... I, I I know she's getting stir crazy in the house, right? And she wants to get out and see me, see other people. And my concern is, you know, her safety, getting out and getting sick, you know? So that's, that's an area I need to look to the Lord and get strengthened in and encouragement, you know, because that's what I, that's what concerns me. And, um, another area is, you know, during this time again, um, like our retirement planning has kind of come to a halt, you know, like we're, we're getting older, as you may know, <laughs> we're not getting any younger, I should say. Um, and so like this time has kind of put a dampen on 
that kind of planning right now. It took our finance, our I'm sorry, our retirement accounts both took you know pretty big hits. So <laughs> thinking about that is concerning as well. So. So he's the big picture guy with our finances. I think like some of the more short term things that um, I've struggled with and needed strength in is just like, um, I was in an uncertain area in my job right before this happened. I was actually kind of told I was being replaced and they were running an ad for my job. Um, and then this happened. So uh, kind of was a blessing because they very quickly put a hiring freeze on. So I've been kind of, stuck in that position um, and just not knowing. I think the uncertainty of that, I've needed like strength with that. And the Lord has, you know, really provided that for me. Um, and just like going to work every day and doing my best, knowing I'm doing my best in a job that may not be mine much longer has been kind of hard. And then family, um, I have a huge family. Um, Mother's Day was very difficult um, last weekend just because we make a big deal out of every holiday and just not being able to be with all of my moms um, and not being able to be with my kids has, was just a real struggle. And I needed encouragement. And, and God really came through in that um, with some of the young ladies from ICC came by and just dropped off flowers and, and hung out in the yard for a little bit and, you know, just kind of kept me company. And uh, that was nice. Um, and, yeah, I really appreciated that last weekend. So. I think for me, this has been a really hard season, um, a season with a lot of unknowns, a lot of questions. I've had friends that have lost jobs or that were hired to start a new job, and that job has now been, the offer has now been retracted. Um, and so walking with friends in that has been really hard. Um, we had a family from St. Jude that had been in our church who lost a child um, two Sundays ago. That's been really hard. Um, to process and to, you know, make sense of in a way. Um, and even personally, there's, you know, things just, just with coronavirus that are hard of feeling isolated or lonely. And so I think for me in this season, um, I feel like David of like the distress of, yeah. you know, these questioning, these things like, God, why are these things happening? Um, but finding comfort in scripture um, during all of that has been really encouraging to me. Thank y'all for sharing. Um, I, I think something that I am learning about just people in general, including myself, is that I think many of us, we like cling to control more than we might realize. Yeah. And yeah. when like a situation arises that like, uh, takes us out of control more than normal or maybe it just reveals our lack of control it like exposes something in us so I think we often we live with this illusion that we have more control over our lives than we actually do and I think that's something that I've realized in just I mean multiple different aspects of life like from how we do church to my work to um, just personal life like I think I've felt very out of control in a lot of things and um I I don't haven't loved it and so <laughs> what that no. means for me is that like I'm I'm working to submit to the Lord and trust the Lord's control of my life and the universe rather than like 
desire control for myself. Right. So that's kind of, it's, it's sort of an inner battle and it's something for me to grow in, but it, I, I think affects like my whole life. So I'm working on that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I know, I know for me, it's, uh, even this reentry phase that we're in, whatever that's looking like, uh, that that in itself has created some anxiety for me. You know, yeah. like what is? I feel like I, I'm not sure what to do. And and uh, um, during this whole time, I've been pretty much staying staying at home, except except uh, on 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 in the mornings when I went to Kroger for old folks hour to get groceries. <laughs> and so we we just been been kind of hanging out there at the house. Now we're you know, looking for opportunity, but it's kind of like we're in, in invisible bubbles, you know, we, we can only get so close yeah. or bump, you know, and it's just really hard for me. I was almost a mess this morning when I came here and just uh, saw people and had eye contact and got to be with you all. And so it's been hard. And, and that need for encouragement, that need for strength has been there. And I, by the way, in this story, there's good, there's a good ending they they actually go and get everybody and they defeat the Amalekites and, and all that. But before they do that, David seeks the Lord. But there's that pause where it says, before he goes and asks God what to do, he says, and David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. Mitchell, how do we do that today? How do we strengthen ourselves? Yeah, great question. Thanks, Tom. Um, so when we say David strengthened himself in the Lord, well, we don't say it. The Bible says it. But when we use, we're using, we're going to use that term. So I think it would be helpful for all of us if we kind of clarify what we mean by that. So essentially what we're talking about is you see David do this a lot in, the Psalms, we read that Psalm earlier, Psalm 103, but you see this in many of his Psalms. Um, essentially, it's this posture where David approaches God in faith and like makes himself available to God's work in him. And so it's the same thing that we need to do. And we do that through like actual practices of, of personal worship. And so like practically speaking, these are like the things that we probably all know, like reading our Bibles and prayer and things that we do with in community and worship through music and these different things. We'll get to some of those practical things later, but um, we want to kind of get the the main idea here of what this means to strengthen ourselves in the Lord. So one, a, a kind of a different, a fresh way to look at this. Um, you may remember the story of Zacchaeus in Luke chapter nineteen. Um, I'll just summarize it, but it's this, uh, Zacchaeus is this little guy. He's like really short and he's a sinful guy, but he hears that Jesus is coming through town and it says, uh, so Luke chapter 19 verse three says, and he was seeking to see who Jesus was. Um, but on account of the crowd, he could not because he was small in stature. So he's seeking to see who, seeking to see Jesus, but he can't. Just logistically, he can't. He's too short. And so uh, he makes a decision, and he goes and he climbs a tree that's along the path that Jesus is walking. Um, and he does see Jesus, and Jesus sees him, and they, like, have this connection, and they, like, become friends. And um, it actually like, transforms his life seemingly pretty much immediately. 
uh, you see heart and life change happen. And so I'm telling this story because spiritually speaking, this is kind of what we do through personal worship is we like place ourselves in the path of Jesus like Zacchaeus did. So mm-hmm. we we position ourselves uh, for God's work in us. So that's sort of a, a, diff- a different way we can view this. Um, but that's what the, that's why we do those things. We, we need God to work in us. That's just true for all of us. We need God to work yeah. in our hearts and our lives. And what we do in personal worship is we like, we make ourselves available to him in that. And so um, it's, that's a simple thing. And I think most of us probably obviously here and watching too, we would agree that we need that and we see the importance of it. And we probably want to do that in our lives. However, I do think there's a reality if we're honest, and I just want to kind of acknowledge this, that many of us struggle with figuring out how to put this into practice in our lives. Um, I just, I think that's true across the board for many of us. And so I'd like to, I'd like to just acknowledge that and maybe just talk about it for a moment, just briefly talk about here. Why do y'all think that is that many people struggle with how to to implement like personal worship in their lives practically. What do y'all think? Well, I think sometimes. I think some. Okay, she keeps jabbing me because I'm not close enough to the mic. I'm sorry, I look distracted. This is why, and I'm sorry. Just, I'm not used to having to get up. Anyway, um, so I think sometimes people may not know what it looks like biblically. Um, I know for me personally, growing up. Uh, in the church that I grew up in, it was it was different. Like I did all of my my singing, my scripture reading, and praising, you know, there, right? Yeah. And then I was done, you know. And um, so I understand not knowing, but now now after coming to Jesus, and actually even more so after becoming a member here at ICC, um, personal worship cultivates your relationship with God and it's it's just now it's knowing just how important that is now yeah I think for me um kind of playing off what buddy just said um, about about cultivating that um relationship um I think for a very long time I just I was too busy. I think a lot of people struggle with busyness and just thinking that I don't have time to make um, you know quiet time with the Lord or whatever. And I think um, kind of the change for me was realizing it wasn't my time. Um, it was actually God's time, um, and that instead of trying to make time and fit him in my schedule, I needed to make him central to my schedule and work everything else around um, him or just really do everything focused on him. Um, And so it's funny because when you start doing that, like you realize the value of the relationship everybody talks about. Like you realize you weren't really having that um, until you wake up in the morning and that is the first thing that you think about um, is, is prayer and just starting your day with the Lord. Um, and then just throughout the day, like, um, you know, being in that posture of prayer that we talked about during our, our prayer series, like, like 
that has made a huge difference for me because like I go to work, I pray for my team, I pray for the company, I pray for our leaders, I pray when I make decisions. Um, we make decisions together, we pray. Like, you know, um, it's just become like more of a way we're living out our life than just trying to like slide in some time here and there to read my Bible, to do some prayer. Um, it's just become like a consuming thing, really. Um, and I think just you have to start it to experience it, to want more of it. Yeah, um, and I yeah. think, um, yeah, that's, that's what made that change for me. Um, it's, it's not a duty anymore. Yeah, desire. Joy, a desire. I remember even for me, after I became a Christian, just like hearing about a quiet time, like people would kind of throw that phrase yeah. around. And I was yeah. like, well, I hear that phrase. I don't actually know what that means. I know that that like means like read your Bible, but I didn't know how to do that. And so I remember even like grabbing my Bible and I would hold it up and I would drop it and be like, well, this must be what God wants me to read today. You know, and I would, you know, it would inevitably like fall on something like old Testament and I would read it and be like, this doesn't make sense. And I got so frustrated with, I wanted to read my Bible. I wanted to have this quiet time that everybody talked about. Um, but for me, I would, I just got so frustrated with it because nobody taught me how. And so for me, it took sitting with an older woman who opened the Bible with me and taught me how to have a quiet time taught me how to have personal worship. And it's when I actually saw somebody else doing it, that it made sense to me. And it became a practice that I desired and wanted to do. So I would encourage people towards that to you. If you're like sitting here today and like, I don't know what that looks like. Find somebody to teach you, ask somebody yeah. um, to have a quiet time with you to show you what personal worship looks like. Like Ashley's so talking about one of those branches or trees to climb. I love that image of uh, climbing the tree and uh, the intentionality of the word. You know, when I was at Lifeway, we I got to be a part of a, a massive research. Well, I, I I was there. I wasn't actually part of the survey or research, but I got to talk about it after they did it. And this massive research was just identifying those elements or predictors of spiritual growth. And they were spiritual disciplines and things that are present in a person's life when they're growing. But the number one element that impacted everything was that right there, time in the Word. Just being in the Word and having an opportunity to read the Word. And I, I, the centrality of the Word is so important. You know, the, the Holy Spirit says in 2 Timothy 3.16 that you know, Scripture's inspired. It's breathed out by the Holy Spirit. And it helps me to remember, as I was listening to you all, that the Holy Spirit, the person of God, knows His Word that He breathed out, and He knows our heart uniquely and personally. And as we read His Word, He knows how to bring that connection to us, and it impacts us and encourages and strengthens us. We've just got to begin being in it and spending our time there. Yeah, that's, that's huge. So what's interesting is we've sort of, as we've heard from each of you, I sort of want to draw out two different things, two different points we're making here. And it's sort of, 
I would say maybe it's two sides to this coin of personal worship, we could say. So the first, and I think, I think this has to come first probably, is the desire in our hearts, okay? So right. um, if, if we do this just because our leaders tell us to or our, our friends are saying we need to or we're hearing about other people doing it or we just yeah. know that that's what's expected of us as Christians, um, we just kind of go through the motions. You know, it's like uh, the, the, the desire is not there. So when everything changes, Mary Beth, you spoke to this, everything changes when all of a sudden we have a desire to know God more. So you think about Zacchaeus, like that verse 3 says that he was seeking to see Jesus. Like he had a desire in his heart. He was aware of his need. Oh, I think he was aware of his sin and desire to see Jesus. And so that is that is like our first step. That's where the joy comes, like yeah. rather than just going through the motions, doing what we're supposed to do. Right. There's a huge difference there. And we've experienced that. You know, you, you, you can tell the difference. Um, so once we have that, like we have that desire in our hearts, we have our hearts set on the great reward that is knowing God more. Then the second part is the the discipline, yeah. Which right. is yeah. discipline is not a bad word, no. you know. It scares yeah. some of us. Um, <laughs> it's actually when when done with the right desire, it's actually like a it's a path to freedom, really. Right. It's a path of to yeah. life. And I mean, again, so we see Zacchaeus. He had this desire, but it didn't stop there. Like that desire led him to make a very practical decision to do something kind of weird, but it worked. Like he climbed a tree put himself in the path that Jesus was walking and he experienced him and was transformed by him. So there's a, there's a, there's an aspect of very practical discipline. Like what do we do with this? We can sit here all day and say that, man, I want to experience God, but like God has laid out paths that he travels on for us to experience him. And it's up to us to make decisions to place ourselves on those paths like his word, like that's the one that we were just talking right. about. Yeah. Yeah. So I just want to kind of, I want to move towards the practical side of things. Cause yeah. I do think often that's what we need. Most of us Absolutely. is to kind of get some more practical handles on how to do this. We may agree that we want it, but we need more, we need practical help. So I'd love to just kind of continue, keep that conversation going about, okay, what does this look like in our lives? What are the, Tom said, what are the trees that we can climb to place ourselves in the path of God's work in our right. hearts and in our lives? So could, let, let's just kind of jump in and just let's speak to some different aspects of what this looks like yeah. in our lives. So actually, you mentioned the word. Yeah, I think getting the word is so important and something that has been helpful for me to have that discipline of getting in the word is having accountability Um, So I remember when that first became a discipline for me, it was because I had accountability. I had people in my life who loved me enough to ask me how that time in the word was and what I was learning. And um, that is still a practice for me today to have accountability. And so even in this last season of, you know, all routine has like gone out the window because of coronavirus. You know, you start working from home and doing all these different things. And for me, one of the first things to like go was my quiet time and like spending time in the word. 
And I realized that. And so I called my best friend that's in Memphis and she was my accountability partner back in college when this first became a discipline for me. And I called her and I was like, Casey, I'm struggling. Like I haven't opened my Bible. I don't know if it's been days, if it's been weeks, like I don't even know. And I need some accountability for this. And she was like, oh, me too. Like she was in the same place as me. And so we picked out a study that we were going to do together, a plan. That's always really helpful to have a plan to follow. So we picked that out and we're going through it together. And even yesterday, like we talked about what we had been reading and learning. And we were supposed to read like the first two weeks of this plan. And I'd only done like a week and a couple of days, you know, I hadn't even completed all of it. So accountability isn't about impressing the other person with how much I read or how disciplined I am to do this. Accountability is about spurring each other on towards this because we want each other to experience God. We want each other um, to become more and more like Jesus. And so accountability with each other is that it's encouraging each other towards those things. It's not like a legalism of you didn't do that this week, um, but it's spurring each other on. So I'd encourage people find an accountability partner, find somebody that loves you and will check in on you and ask you, how's that time going? You know, what are you learning from God? And you learn from each other as you talk about what you're learning from what you read. So it's really good. So good. We have a built, we each have built in accountability partners. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. That's so good. I know, I know what you mean. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I want to ask you, you all lead in worship corporately. Talk about the, the, the music, uh, singing. What, how is that? How do you all incorporate that? In well, it's hard to look at like, music as a discipline, right? But, yeah. right. I got to get to the mic. Um, <laughs> it's hard to look at music as a discipline, but I um, I typically love to uh, when I'm driving listen to worship music. Um, it it just it really grounds me, and but yeah. I get focused in on it more so there than at home. And she, on the other hand, um, wakes up in the morning like singing random songs, worship songs, um, just pick one. I mean, she has sung it in the morning. And so she, she is more of the person that around the house kind of, um, puts music on when we're cleaning or like I said, just walks around like actually singing the song. And and so I get to hear it that way as well. But, um, I just think that when you tap into music and, and, uh, as a, as a form of worship, um, it's, it's just a perfect, um, it's just a perfect way to help connect, uh, when you, when you add a really strong melody and a biblical message to me, it just, it connects, it grounds you and it just connects so well. And it just means so much. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think, um, I do like to listen to worship music in the car too. Um, I usually do that in the afternoon. Um, I listen to it at work if I can, unless I'm like needing to concentrate on a spreadsheet or something, then I can't, I get distracted by whatever's going on. But um, for me, um, like if I've had a really bad day, I was telling Mitchell this um, yesterday, when I've had a really bad day, being able to get in my car and just like surrender the things that have happened to me um, throughout the day at work or the like, you know, where my heart went south because, you know, you always start <laughs> off with great intentions in the morning, but yeah. things, you know, start 
kind of piling up throughout the day, um, just getting in the car. And I love I Surrender by Hillsong. Like that is the song that I will literally put it on autoplay. It'll play like over and over and over and over again until like I've just, you know, my heart's calmed down. I've let go whatever it is. Um, it's just a really good way for me to do that. Um, and, you know, we have obviously leading worship. We go through these seasons of getting to like listen to new music and, you know, decide music coming for the you know next season and things like that. And I get so excited by that. Um, mm. It and, and he does, too. Like so a lot of times, like we'll just sit on the couch watching TV, but also both of us have YouTube, like looking at new worship songs and going, oh, this is awesome. And, you know, we're just like kind of doing that. And um, sometimes we do just sit around and he'll pick out, you know, yeah. he'll pick out a worship song and we'll just sit around. That doesn't happen that often. Everybody has, has this idea of us just sitting around like doing worship dance. <laughs> um, but it's just every once in a while, just a song will just really speak to our heart. Right. Um, and yeah. I'll be like, I just love that. And he'll start picking it out and I'll start yeah. singing and, and we do that. Um, but I think when you, when God's blessed you with a musical talent, um, I, and, and I think other people, just people who love music, when you hear scripture put to music, there's just yeah. something about it that helps you it's remember a, it, absolutely. I think. And also like just absolutely. helps you connect with it more. I think that's what, you know, that's what I was buddy saying. was I, saying too. But yeah, I, yeah. I can't sing a lick. But it is got music. a beautiful voice. Uh, thank you. It is music that puts me on a on the limb yeah. to watch for Jesus coming by. Ashley, you're our our family minister, and and, and I want to I want to ask you to speak to that in a moment. There are a couple other practical things with personal worship. I'll just mention in, in lieu of time. We won't spend a lot of time on it, but obviously prayer, prayer conversation with Absolutely. God. You know, not just speaking to him, but listening for him. And journaling is an incredible way. I don't journal regularly, but there are times that I find I need to put those thoughts to words. I don't know about you guys, but Paul and I do personal worship very differently. Sure. But we, you know, we come at it. But her, her, her uh, expression of worship personally does show itself in journaling. She, she literally immerses herself in the morning and is able to, to spend time journaling. And she'll take that and she'll even devotionalize, if you would, something uh, and send out to the family <laughs> and friends a devotional. That's Paula's devotional. You know? I get that. Do you get best. that? <laughs> yeah, it does. And I, and I love it. I love it because she has, like I said, immersed herself in the Word. So really just writing, it doesn't have to be a... You know, it's just for yourself, but sure. just writing thoughts makes a huge difference. But this is all about individual worship, personal worship. But you lead families, and you know about families in family worship. Talk about that just briefly for us, if you would. Yeah, so I think family worship is so important, and it's something that we don't talk about enough, I don't think. Um, and when I think about family worship, I automatically think about Deuteronomy chapter six, and it's telling parents to impress these things upon your children. Talk about them as you sit and as you rise and as you walk along the road and as you lie down together. This these few verses implies family worship. It implies that we are teaching our kids about God. It implies that we are spending time together worshiping 
God. And so I think um, family worship can feel intimidating or you can be like, my kids are crazy. Like there's no way I'm going to get them to sit and listen to a Bible story or, you know, do these things. I get that. Um, You know, I teach our kids every Sunday. I get that it's hard to get them to sit still sometimes. I've learned I have to give them a snack to get them to sit still and listen to the story. Um, But I would encourage families to do three things for family worship. And I'd also encourage them don't feel like it's something like we, we've got to find the time now to make time for family worship. I know families are busy, um, but find something that's already a part of your regular routine. Oh, so yeah. if you have early risers in your house and you guys eat breakfast together, that could be your family worship time at breakfast. Or you put your kids to bed at night and take them in. Maybe that's your family worship time as you're taking them into bed. But I would encourage families to do three things. And that is read, pray, sing. Um, yeah. oh, and I think this good. applies for everyone, um, but it's really for great for families. So read, pray, sing. Um, read the Bible together. Um, so for kids, I love the Jesus Storybook Bible. So you, know, you can read that together. If they have yeah. younger kids, they can get a rhyme Bible where the Bible story will rhyme and it is engaging to them. But read the Bible together. Uh, pray together. Something that I like to use with kids is I think about the acronym JOY. So J-O-Y, and I just go down the letters. Um, So J is for Jesus. So we're going to spend time thanking Jesus for what he's given us. So Uh, get them to name a few things that they're thankful for, um, and we're going to thank God for those things. The O is for others. So get them to name a few people that they want to pray for. Maybe that's friends or teachers or whoever, throw in our mission partners, get them to pray for our missionaries, oh, our, our local partners, great, yeah. pray oh, for wow. others. Um, and the why is yourself. Oh, so get them to pray, um, to name some things that they want to pray for themselves. Um, and so they can, you know, verbalize those things and know that they can go to God with those things. So think about the acronym JOY, J-O-Y. And I think for kids, as much as you can make something visible or tangible to them, um, it's helpful. So maybe um, you get some sticky notes in your house and you write the letters J-O-Y on the sticky notes and put them by their nightstand so that when uh, you have family worship. <laughs> yeah, I used to get it all the time. But when you have That's that family good. worship time and it's time for prayer, you can point to the wall and be like, here's Jay. What is yeah. Jay? You know, do you remember? It's for Jesus. Well, let's thank Jesus for these things and go down the letters. That's so good. It gives them something visual to yeah. see and tangible. They could even touch it and go down. Um, I think another way for prayer, I've done this with our kids too, is make a prayer pot and get a, like a little um, flower pot, let them decorate it, and then put popsicle sticks in it that just like you write on the popsicle oh, sticks, yeah. things that, that you want to pray yeah. for. And then in family worship time, just pull out a few of those popsicle sticks and pray for those things. Um, and then the last thing is sing. So sing together, sing praises um, to God together. Like Mary Beth said, um, music does something with Absolutely. us and it helps us remember things about God. And oftentimes it is like a song that will come to mind on like yeah. a really bad day. Um, <laughs> and I think it's a great way to teach our kids about the character of God and about scripture is just by songs because they can memorize those really quickly. Um, so pick out a favorite worship song and sing it together. Um, so I would encourage families to do those three things in family worship, read, pray, sing, And then one other thing I would encourage parents in 
is don't neglect your own personal worship. I think it is nearly impossible to pass down something that you yourself don't possess. And so if personal worship isn't something that is valuable to you, I don't think it's something that you can pass along to your children. Um, And so choose that that's going to be a priority for you and then invite your kids into that in different ways, model for them what personal worship looks like. And so I know parents are probably, you know, their personal worship time is when kids aren't around because when kids are around, they need you for everything. Um, But I think there are ways to invite them into your personal worship. So even, you know, if you read before your kids get up in the morning, you can say something like, hey, mommy read her Bible today, and this is what I learned about. Like, I learned about Daniel. Do you remember the story about Daniel? And just talk about it together. So in that, you're letting them know that, one, I do this. This is important to me, but it's valuable, and you're inviting them into your own personal worship, and you're teaching them that these things are important. So It's just seeing their parents reading the Word. Yeah, it's so important. Um, So those are things I would encourage families to do. Read, pray, sing, and then invite them into your own personal worship. Model that for them. Thanks for sharing. That's so good. We're going to need to wrap up here. But this kind of brings us right back to that intentionality of what you were speaking to, Mitchell. What? How would you wrap that up for us as we've talked about this practicality? Obviously, it's, you know... even just sitting here, like the five of us, all of our worship lives look a little different. And that's certainly true of everyone watching. Like we're yeah. all a little different. Our lives are a little different. Yeah. Um, so this, this won't, it's not a cookie cutter. We're, we're doing, we're committing ourselves to the same kinds of things, but it may look different. Right. But yeah. the, the, the common thing is intentionality. Like yeah. if the desires in our hearts, then let's, let's commit to working towards discipline in our lives that place us in the path of God's work oh, in us. So good. Yeah. We're so glad you've participated with us today. In closing, I want you to listen to another friend of ours on staff, David Frazier. He's our Global Missions Mobilization Coordinator. Listen to him as he really gives us a perspective of how essential what we've been talking about is listen to his heart. He's been a missionary with his wife and he mobilizes and he, he and his wife work together to, um, to prepare missionaries. Listen to his words about how essential personal worship is. Hey, thanks for letting me be a part today. You know, I love this topic that we're dealing with, uh, learning how to strengthen yourself, um, and, you know, Vicki and I have been coaching people that are heading overseas now for a while. And we often tell them, you know, what, you're about to lose all of the support structures that you're used to. You have so many things that you count on that, you, that, are, that are sort of helping you along with your family, your friends. You have a lot of Christian friends. You have a church gathering. You have small groups, um, so many resources. You know, Vicki and I lived in a country for, for 20 years and we, we didn't have the Internet most of that time. And so what we... We had to learn to do self-care. We had to learn to take care of ourselves. And so, um, you know, we lived in a place uh, where we didn't, couldn't gather in large groups. We couldn't, we didn't always have the preaching that we wanted or the music style we want, worship style we wanted. 
We didn't always get to pick the Christian friends we were going to be with. I mean, these are the people in your area, your community. So what did we learn to do? We had to learn to feed ourselves. And, and so Vicki and I often say, how did you survive? Well, we learned to snack throughout the week as opposed to getting a feast on Sunday. Um, and when I say snack, I mean having a good meal. And that means a good meal would be um, one or two people, maybe one. And you learn to value that time more. And so I think we learned to have fewer friends, but we went deeper with them than we did in having a lot of people. So we went from a church of, you know, four or five, 600 people, you know, and here we are learning how to, how to gather with a couple of people during the week and feed ourselves. You know, when, when people would come to Christ in the particular Islamic country we were in, I would tell them, you know, I wish I could invite you to a, and bring you in and tell you you're going to be going into a group where you're going to see a lot of people that had come to Christ from your background to encourage you and, and, and show I said, I can't. I said, it's probably going to be me and, a, and another guy. And we're going to be drinking tea and looking at the Bible a couple of times a week, you know. And so we learned to snack during the week, but but make those snacks really beneficial. You know, we lived in a country that was uncertain. You know, a lot of what we're going through the pandemic, we just like, what are we going to do? We're stuck. You know, we live in a place where the power could be off a week or water cuts or you the airport's closed indefinitely or you could have a coup, or you could lose your residence permit and be asked to leave the country. What did we need? We needed God's perspective. We constantly needed to be reminded that he's our rock and that we are just passing through, pilgrims passing through, and we are not of this world. You know, we were constantly, we hear the call to prayer every day. And what do we need to be remembered? We're part of a global church. Um, even though we couldn't always gather as that and get that encouragement, we needed God's word to, to remind us what's going on. You know, God's light helps us see things correctly. Paul, often in his letters, we've been reading through his letters, and he's saying, this is what you're seeing, but this is not what's really happening. This is what God says is happening. This may be what you're feeling, but this is not the reality. We need God's reality. And I think God's word constantly reminds us of his reality, which helps us endure. So we learn to, to feed ourselves. We learn to keep the right perspective. Um, and we, we also, in an age, in a time that was so uncertain, we learned to lean on him. You know, I love when David, uh, when his world was turned upside down in Psalm 60, 16, 8, he says, I have set the Lord continually before me because he is at my right hand and I will not be shaken. So David is saying, I have to keep the Lord continually before me. And that's what strengthening yourself is. And what do you need? You need the word of God. You need to have his perspective to maintain this time. So thanks for letting me be a part this morning. So I want you to just embrace this opportunity to, to truly move into what it means to, to know God's perspective through personal worship, through strengthening yourself in that personal worship. It really is when we try to him and know who he is when we go into a time of worship. So take a moment and just reflect on that. What can you begin to do more intentionally? What, what tree can you climb? What limb can you stand on to put yourself in the path of Jesus daily? For now, yes, in this time of need, when we're in a hard place, but also beyond for our lives, our daily lives. So just take this time, reflect. How can we know him in our personal worship?